Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, everything you wanted to know about Lyme disease, but were afraid to ask. Six months went by and I called them and I said, what's going on? Where are my results? Well, we can't publish this. I said, what do you mean you can't publish it? I know it, yes, it did kill, it killed them all, right? Yes, it killed all the spirochetes, but we're not publishing it. And they absolutely refused to release the data and they sent the money back for the study. Someone got to them, they're out there in Virginia, and said, shut this down. This podcast is brought to you by Paranormal Contractors. If you have unwanted paranormal activity in your home or business, this is no time to be dealing with amateurs. You need to bring in the professionals. Paranormal Contractors is a division of crime and trauma scene cleaners. They utilize the latest scientific technology to investigate, authenticate, and remediate your ghost or demon problem. Call them at this new number, 631 5-5-2-5-8-3-5. That's 631-552-5835. Email paranormalcontractors at gmail.com and tell them Richard sent you. Check out their YouTube channel, Paranormal Contractors, for things that go bump in the night. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Friday. Coming to you one last time from Verga, just outside Kalamata. Tomorrow morning, we're off to Athens before flying home. You know, it's always hard to leave. We had one last trip to the beach yesterday for a great swim, and then up into the mountains overlooking Verga to one of my favorite restaurants. Looking forward to spending four days in Athens, however, maybe visiting the Acropolis. It's been about six years since North and I were there. Uh, Dr. Cass Ingram is here to discuss the scourge, the pandemic that is Lyme disease. Christian Dicadieu from Reverse Beach Radio will also drop by with another reversal from a notorious gangster. Dr. Cass Ingram is a nutritional physician who received a Bachelor of Science in Biology and Chemistry from the University of Northern Iowa and a doctorate in osteopathy from the University of Osteopathic Medicine and Health Sciences in Des Moines. He now travels the world promoting perfect health the natural way. He's the author of nearly 30 books, including The Lyme Disease Cure. Dr. Cass Ingram, welcome back to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? Hey, hey. Uh, I'm glad that the conspiratorial elements are still cranking around. Oh, yeah. Well, new currency given to this whole Lyme disease uh, issue, which is probably, would you say, the most controversial and misdiagnosed disease in maybe in history? Well, it is the most misdiagnosed in the fact that it's a mimic, but also there's been rebellion and rejection by the medical profession and even at the higher levels of so-called government where there's been an attempt to bury the facts. 
but I mean, the CDC says there are 300,000, you know, CDC is ultra-conservative, 300,000 new cases each year in the United States. That times 10 or 20. I know whole families that have Lyme disease in upstate Wisconsin. Eight family members, all of them diagnosed by blood testing. So we don't even have any idea what we're dealing with. I mentioned it has new currency because, and I mentioned to, the, to you off air, this new book by Chris Newby, and I interviewed her uh, for my radio show. It's called Bitten, the Mysterious, or the Secret History of Lyme Disease. Bitten, the Secret History of Lyme Disease. And it was, the, the book was quoted from and mentioned in the U.S. House of Representatives because somebody down there in Washington wants to know whether someone at the Pentagon knows whether or not that uh, the ticks and tick-borne viruses were weaponized back in the 50s and 60s because that's what the book is all about. It is. Uh, actually, I'm glad that she's written it. The fact is you had Carol's book published by HarperCollins implicating Plum Island. And if you go a little bit deeper, you have the Rockefeller Foundation, which funded uh, this uh, this corruption and if you go deeper you have the soviets the british and the germans who were weaponizing pathogens through through ticks and mosquitoes uh and and you have data that indicates that a north african tick was harvested because of the bullseye rash in other words they they wanted that bullseye rash so that they could identify the degree that the weaponization uh, impacted the the so-called enemy you know, who are, it turns out the enemy is the general public. Hmm. And and so all of this uh, was being done, and you had uh, a Nazi scientist that was uh, co-opted and brought to the United States and repatriated, uh, and, and who operated out of uh, Plum Island, Heinrich to uh, Traub. So, and there were, that you know, Operation Paperclip, so-called CIA, uh, OSI, or whatever, the whole group was involved with this conspiracy. So let's start at uh, the beginning. Lyme disease, named after the, the, the town, I guess, or county in Connecticut where it first broke out. But what do we mean by Lyme disease? Because there are, there are so many, there are, as you say, it, it mimics so many different ailments and diseases. So what actually is it? What, uh, what you have is a weaponized, apparently, uh, uh, use of a spirochete that was co-opted into into ticks in this country and and that's a spirochete it's a corkscrew bacteria and uh so so because old lyme connecticut and lyme connecticut are, on, are only nine miles or so as the wind blows from plum island so so because the outbreaks broke out in the 70s in old lyme and lyme connecticut instead of calling it tick-borne spirochete disease or rat-mouse-origin spirochete tick disease or something. They called it Lyme disease, and which is a pretty good name. Anyway, it's a short name, and, and, and it amounts to this infection by the spirochete that's a rodent germ, really. But it could also mean a constellation of infections. There could be mycoplasma. There could be ehrlichia. These are co-infections. Babesia, Bartonella. Uh, anaplasmosis. These are all uh, Powassan's virus. Uh, these are all pathogens that ticks can inject. 
rickettsia from Rocky Mountain spotted fever. Uh, but, I mean, that's what it is. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. You know, we used to roll around on the ground in the 50s and 60s and go have picnics and you know, pick berries and mess around. And you didn't have epidemics of people in any area that contracted the tick-borne diseases other than the Rocky Mountains and so on in Colorado. That right, time, you know? right. So this, this, this spirochete bacteria is inside the, the, is it mainly the dearborn tick, the deer tick? It should really be a, a, a white-footed mouse tick. And then from the mice and the rats to the deer, and then from the deer a lot of times into your home or backyard or your dogs and so on, or yourself. So it's hitchhiking but the deer, in... Deer yeah. and do carry it, elk as well. Right, so it's hitchhiking inside the uh, the deer tick, and when it when it grabs onto you, and I, I mean these creatures are absolutely amazing. I've learned that that they will they will stand on their hind legs on a on the end of a leaf, uh, and they can detect, you know, uh, a, a mammal is coming by. I guess based on the heat, with using their forelegs, yeah. their heat forelegs. Carbon yeah, well. and they will wait there for days. Yeah, for something to come by. Well, that is correct. And so, in understanding the capacity of ticks as a vector, unfortunately, nefarious elements of humankind apparently manipulated the genome of this particular spirochete, which is in the foregut or you know, in, into in, in the guts of that um, saliva and the bloodstream of the tick. And, uh, and, and whether it was weaponized or global warming, or I, there's so many factors to think about, but the fact that it broke out in Plum Island's district and that West Nile virus blo- broke out three miles from Plum Island and they were testing viruses with West Nile at the time indicates that instead of just having an outcropping of ticks that then bite deer and humans and rats and they pick up germs from the rats and the deer and the raccoons and the possums instead of it just being that it appears that the germ has been so thoroughly weaponized and altered that it's impossible for the immune system to even think about dealing with it that's what we that's what we're undergoing right now so once the spirochete gets into your blood system what does it do does it attack the the nervous system where does it go Basically, the, the, the spirochete is injected into the subcutaneous tissue there, right, you know, on the skin. And then it gets taken up by the lymphatics and bloodstream. It may stay in the skin and cause lupus and scleroderma, and psoriasis-type lesions even. Or it could be transported into the liver and spleen, the brain and spinal cord, the joint capsule, the digestive tract, it has a predilection for the brain and spinal cord, which it can use the, the, the cholesterol, you know, the myelin sheath, as a food. It has an, uh, a preference for cartilage, which it chews and consumes as an energy compound, and therefore Lyme arthritis. It seems to have a predilection for the heart, therefore cardiac Lyme. So it will, it's a spirochete, right? Now, this particular type of a pathogen is similar to syphilis, it has the ability on its butt end to latch to the cell membrane. Then its head is like a spike, like a spike you, dra- you jam into the earth. So it screws the spike into the cell, and then it feeds on it. It's dangerous. 
And there's something, I mean, if it's caught early, it, it could be treated, but then there's something when it goes undetected and it goes on for a long time, something called chronic Lyme disease. Well, this is the problem. 99% uh, of the cases are not treated, not even recognized. So one or two percent are treated and only one only maybe one half or one third are successfully treated with the antibiotics. The other become chronic chronic Lyme disease, known cases. But this is the damage. Your MS is 90% Lyme. So there's chronic Lyme cases, there's hundreds of thousands. Your Alzheimer's could be one of two or higher Lyme disease. Your Lou Gehrig's nine of 10 Lyme disease. Your Parkinson's half Lyme disease. So there's all of those chronic cases of Lyme. How about your arthritis, especially one big joint like a knee or a hip or ankle or shoulder? Well, that's interesting uh, because we're seeing an, an, an awful lot of young people, young kids getting arthritis. That's from the Lyme disease and also to some degree, back, believe it or not, vaccines. Mm -hmm. but, but you've got this situation where the immune system has no capacity to undermine the Lyme bacillus to deal with it, neutralize it, and clean it. And so, uh, with reckless abandon, it is able to penetrate, dissolve, and destroy human tissue. And with the predilection for the heart, the brain, spinal cord, and the joint capsules, and the skin, it therefore then causes a, li a, a litany of disease processes that are misdiagnosed for decades, if not permanently. Well, why is it so difficult for doctors to diagnose this? Well, there, the Western blot tests and some of the, you know, sort of immunoglobulin tests are not that good. There are excellent tests like the IgNex test out of California. However, we never get there because by the time the person comes in with Bell's palsy or lockjaw or TMJ symptoms, we, we call it lockjaw. We call it TMJ. We call it uh, uh, we call it Bell's palsy, and, and we diagnose it that, and we give drugs for that. Or, or if they come in with MS-like symptoms, dizziness and paralysis and, 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 and bad gait, uh, or Parkinson's with tremors, or Lou Gehrig's where they start to have whole body paralysis and lose their muscle mass, we diagnose it as ALS, we diagnose it as MS, we diagnose it as Parkinson's, and not, you know, 5 out of 10 or 8 out of 10 are Lyme disease. So how do we get there? We don't even, even think about it. What about all the arthritis, like you said, in the children and more? We're not thinking Lyme disease. So and that's why I said three to five million cases this year in North America. That's, and a, that's a pandemic. I'll Forget say. Else. I'll say. Um, and is it possible that the reason doctors are, are wary about diagnosing it properly, maybe, maybe they can't diagnose it, they don't know, they don't have the... The, the, uh, the knowledge or the tools, but is it possible that word has gone down that if it gets, if it gets out about Lyme disease being weaponized, that there could be massive, I don't know, lawsuits? There could be. I think that that's a logical corollary and that the federal, at the federal level or the secret government uh, that they are trying to uh, diminish this, and they may be paying off experts and authorities and bacteriologists, immunological people, uh, immunological doctors, they may be paying them off to be silent and to diminish this. 
I can tell you something specifically. In 2003, I knew that you could destroy the Lyme spirochete. And this was the case of wild oregano oil P73. Mm-hmm. Super strength. I also knew that cinnamon, clove, and uh, cinnamon, cumin, and sage would undermine the spirochete. I sent those products, one a multiple spice, and the other one an oregano oil. I sent the P73 daily edible in a super strength form to microbiotest labs, 2003, 2004, and they did the study. Six months went by, and I called them, and I said, what's going on? Where are my results? Well, we can't publish this. I said, what do you mean you can't publish it? I know it, yes, it did kill, it killed them all, right? Yes, it killed all the spirochetes, but we're not publishing it. And they absolutely refused to release the data, and they sent the money back for the study. They did the study and refunded it. Oh, my. There you go. Someone got to them. They're out there in Virginia and said, shut this down. More of my conversation with Dr. Cass Ingram when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. It's Friday. That means time for Christian DeCadu, the co-host of Reverse Speech Radio. Christian, welcome once again. Hey, Richard, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I always love being on your show. We love having you. And uh, we're continuing on with our gangster theme. And uh, this week we have Lefty Ruggiero. Who was Lefty Ruggiero? Well, Lefty Ruggiero was, uh, he was a soldier in the Bonanno family. His uh, his actual real name was uh, Benjamin Ruggiero. He was also known as uh, Lefty Guns or possibly Lefty Two Guns. Now, he was played by Al Pacino in the movie Donnie Brasco alongside Johnny Depp. This is quite an interesting reversal today on uh, on this individual. And he's in conversation, Lefty is, with Donnie Brasco, who was a police... He got, was an FBI undercover agent, uh, Joseph Pistone, uh, a.k.a. Donnie Brasco, was his undercover name. And uh, that's what he did. He infiltrated the Bonanno family, and uh, he got deeper... He was the first person to get in as deep as he possibly did. And he was just about to get his button, meaning he was just about to be made a made guy from a foot soldier to to a part of the family. Right before, of course, uh, he was about to be made uh, into the family, to the Bonanno family. They pulled him out because the FBI thought that that was just way too dangerous and too involved to have a, uh, a federal agent as a, as a made uh, member of the, uh, the Italian Cosa Nostra. Okay, and so here is Lefty Ruggiero, obviously in a taped conversation with FBI uh, undercover agent Donnie Brasco. Now, forget about you and uh, Rocky. You know, I went at the captain. I'm in trouble today. No, All right, so in the forward speech, Lefty is telling Donnie Brasco, forget about you and Rocky, I went at the captains, I'm in trouble today. And then what do we hear in the reverse? His reversal is speaking about uh, breaking a nose, meaning in referring to Donnie Brasco's nose. Because what they didn't show you in the movie, but what actually happened in real life, was that a physical altercation happened between uh, Donnie Brasco and another member a made guy, someone you can't, you're not supposed to raise your hand to, uh, in a bar, 
uh, a fight happened and Donnie Brasco uh, attacked this guy for disrespecting Donnie Brasco. It got to uh, Lefty Two Guns who vouched for Donnie Brasco within the Bonanno family. And uh, as a result of this, uh, Donnie Brasco was going to be killed and Lefty Two Guns had to go and vouch for him and say, look, he's with me. Give him a pass. It's not going to happen again. Blah, 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 blah. And the reversal is breaking his nose. So I guess the reversal can be interpreted one of two ways. Lefty Two Guns was going to break Donnie Brasco's nose for being so stupid and lifting his hand and hitting uh, a made person. Or they were going to break his nose and give him a very, very bad beating. Right. In other words, Lefty's saying, I, I went to bat for you. You did a really stupid thing and it, <laughs> and it almost cost me. I'm in trouble. That's right. That's right. Fascinating. All right. This is the, the type of stuff you'll hear on this remarkable podcast, Reverse Speech Radio. How can people listen? They can listen to us uh, by going to reversespeech.ca and clicking on the link, or perhaps you can reach us, uh, find us on the Libsyn platform, which is uh, reversespeech.libsyn.com. Reversespeechradio.libsyn.com. New episodes drop every Thursday. Talk next week. Absolutely. Thank you, Richard. If there's one thing money can't buy, it's sanity. <laughs> Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Dr. Cass Ingram, the author of The Lyme Disease Cure, is here. That, that what we have here is a remnant from the Cold War because, again, going back to Chris Newby's book um, and the, this scientist that she interviewed who admitted it, uh, this was, for example, used in in uh, in Cuba during, uh, I believe that was Operation Mongoose. They were trying yeah. they were trying all these harebrained schemes to get rid of Castro. One of their ideas was to spread these this disease over the sugarcane fields, uh, and they figured that if they could get if they could they could cripple Cuba's economy that way, no one would show up to to harvest the the sugarcane. Um, and so now. It's into the system, and uh, it's it's growing. It's gotten out of control. It's like Frankenstein's monster, uh, and now they can't admit it, uh, and they don't know how to treat it. So, going back to, uh, I mean, your knowledge that uh, I mean, how to treat it. This stems from your own experience. You had, right. you were crippled. You were in a wheelchair from Lyme disease. This Lyme disease is, a, is one that you don't want to get. You don't want to find out how to treat it. You don't want to try to dabble in it and, and, and sort of, well, I've got it, let me see what I know. You just you can't get it. I contracted this in uh, 2008, was no, 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 2010, I think it was. And uh, I, I didn't know it. I, I was in the bush, in the deep bush of Wisconsin doing my research and having the, I, my health was at the pinnacle. And I was in that deep bush for a week doing some really rugged work, and it was scrubby. Uh, it, was a, it was a state park. And then I went from a brilliantly healthy person to about a week later, I didn't know, why am I so sick? Why can't my, I, how come I can't put my arm through, through a shirt? Why can't I walk on one side? How come I feel like my brain's in a one room and my body's in another? I feel like I'm going to die right now. 
and, and then I started burning up, and I felt this terrible burn on my back. So finally I swung around, I saw the remnants of the bullseye rash, uh, and I photographed that. So I for sure had Lyme disease by the tick, and I didn't know I had the tick, I was sleeping on it. And the tick was long gone by that time. So I, I started to tell myself, okay, it's got to be for a reason, because I was angry. I ended up in a wheelchair. You know, for me, a wheelchair? My God. And then crutches and having two people drag me around to get me into the kitchen or uh, into the restroom, and then to scream in the middle of the night when, whenever a sheet or anything touched my, my bum knee, scream, and then everybody come rushing in, doctor, what's going on? And I was stuck in Europe for three months. I couldn't go anywhere. Um, so that, ugh. And, and what did the doc? What did the doctors say? Did what did did they mis? Did they misdiagnose it? What did they say no, it was? No, they, I had the bullseye rash. I had the picture. Ah, they knew it was. But they knew it was. There's Lyme. nothing we can do. Ah, zero. We can do zero minus zero for you. So, I took it into my own hands. And, I had tried when I first got it a bit of oil of oregano, like twenty drops three times a day or forty drops three times a day. It wasn't doing anything. So I said, well, that's it. You know, I, I can't live like this 90 days now, and I'm dead as a doornail. I can't function, complaining and bickering. That's it. I told the lime, you're done. I'm going to finish you. So I took an entire bottle of the P73 oil, which is edible. I know that. I don't want people thinking they can just buy oregano oil. I, you know, I don't know if that'll work. I took this. I dumped the entire bottle into a glass of water, 850 drops, one ounce bottle, super strength, and I drank it all at once. Then I took their gel caps. They make little gel caps. I took 120, two, two units, uh, and I divided those up in three doses. And they have a product called Oregares, which has the sage. Remember I said the cumin, the cinnamon, and the oregano? I mm -hmm. took 45 of those, and they have juice of oregano. And I drank the juice of oregano, and in one week, I stopped the, um, I had neuroborreliosis, which is 40% fatal. That's when the Borrelia burgdorferi, or the Lyme bacillus, bores into the brain and spinal cord. It's absolute misery beyond ex the extreme. So I shut that thing down. After, you know in, in two weeks, did you say? How long did it take? Yeah, one or two weeks about to, to save my own life. But you know something? You're not going to get away that easy. The miserable biological agent was in my joints. And then I started to feel a little achy, so I started hitting the product, and my joint swelled up. My joint swelled up like a balloon. I have a picture of it, like Popeye's elbow. Mm. You could walk around, and you had a sack of fluid on your elbow. So I'm going like, all right, it's stuck in my joints. It's insisted. It's in a crystalline form because and, and, it does that. What in God's name? How am I going to get it out of the joints? There's no blood supply to the joints. It took me a year, honest to God, to get it out. I got it out. And so, so a year of taking uh, a, the P73? I'm not very good about it. I, I quit for a while. So finally... After back and forth, back and forth, I finally just said, all right, one bottle of juice of oregano, one bottle of oregoresp, one bottle of, or a half a bottle of oil of oregano, 120 to 180 gel caps, 
and for a month I just I don't know I bombed it into a and finally I got rid of it. I got it. It's gone. Any any you know? side effects like because because that could be hard on the stomach, can it? That much? Well, it's to your stomach tolerance, isn't it? Yeah. Anything like garlic or onions or spices and. Uh, not no side effect to the liver. In fact, I measured my liver enzymes, and they were better than perfect. So it was helping my liver to take the wild oregano and cleaning out all the pathogens and acting as an antioxidant. It was helping my kidneys. It was helping my skin. But yes, uh, it, one would have to, with that amount of hot spice, maybe take it with food or put it in tomato juice or you know, take something fat like cheese or olive oil. I mean, whatever you got to do. The thing is. You're not going to get rid of the spirochete. It's either going to, uh, you know, embed in you chronically and flare up here and there, or it's going to corrode you down to oblivion and kill you, mm. you know, whichever you like. Right. And you are free and clear now after a, after a year of that. I'm free and clear. Right. No more wheelchair, no more swollen joints, complete mobility, can walk 10 miles a day, uh, exercise, lift weights. I mean, who knows? Maybe the miserable thing's still hiding here in a pocket here and there. <laughs> you know, but at least whatever it was, that miserable sickness is toast. Right. Now, and, your your uh, incredible battle with Lyme disease, is that included in the Lyme disease cure, your book? It, it, it's, it's weaved throughout the text. I'll tell you what I suffer what I went through. Then I'll tell you about a protocol. I'll tell you about prevention. I'll tell you about your dress code. I'll tell you about the protocols. And then I tell you about me. So it's, I mean, I don't know if Miss Newby was bitten. She Uh, was, she was, and her husband. Well, then she, she should, her, you should read the bitten and you can read the Lyme disease cure. And that should be, and John Carroll's book's good too, but there's more about the Plum Island. And, uh, well, God bless her. Uh, she picked a good title. I hope she's got a good publisher and she can get it out there. Right, right. Uh, well, so the Lyme disease cure. Uh, go through again the protocol. Uh, if someone, let's say someone finds the bullseye. Uh, if and- they find the bullseye, they should saturate that area with the super strength oregano oil. They can go up another level and get Orega Ultra, which is the ultra-high carvacrol oregano. And I'll tell you about that in a minute. Then they should pound it. If they were bitten, and I would have known this, you would take the oregano oil on the hour. You see? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you take and get some of these gel caps and pound those on the hour every couple hours if you want to. But you want to get this multiple spice. Cumin, oregano, sage, cinnamon, oregoresp. Funny name for this, but oregano resp. And you eat you eat those every hour, every couple hours. You keep pounding them down the capsules. Now, should they be doing that along with a regimen of antibiotics? They could, you know, if the doctor can dispense those tetracyclines, and then you can uh, you can take the juice of oregano and the oregamax crude herb. Uh, and that's pretty good. Now, if you want to go up another level, you could get this uh, this material called canicurmin, which is the wild turmeric, ginger, rosemary, oregano, and, and cannabis. And you could, for the inflammation cascade, and if I would have had it, I would have taken it. 
can take about three of those every once in a while, three or four of those. You could do the total body purge. You know, I've used the total body purge in a number of cases, tough cases, where I make them take an ounce or two twice a day, and then that's it. You don't, I mean, take your probiotics too, but look, you don't need, don't bother with chlorella. You know, you need something, I like chlorella, but you, you need something with some aggression to get this out. Uh, don't bother with colloidal silver. You need something far more aggressive to take it out. Uh, and uh, But I was going to say, you know, that research that I did that they refused to publish, mm-hmm. that was landmark research, that I should get credit for that, at least in the public's mind, for this. I don't want any credit, but just think about it. 20 years ago almost, 15 years ago, I did this. But Johns Hopkins has been publishing article after article showing that the lime spirochete is obliterated with oregano oil. Mm, there you with go. With carvacrol, with cinnamon, with cumin. You see? And they haven't tested sage, but they should. And if people, if they're beyond the point of, you know, there's no bullseye, they, don't, they may have been bitten two, three years ago, they missed it, because it doesn't always present as a bullseye. Uh, and, and, and yet they have, uh, I don't know, arthritis or uh, I, what do they do then? I presume it Lyme disease until proven otherwise in Pennsylvania, in New Jersey, Connecticut, Wisconsin, Minnesota. If a relatively healthy person starts to develop a degenerative process and they initially symptomolo- symptomology is in April through November... It's Lyme disease until proven otherwise, especially if it afflicts one large weight-bearing or large functional joint, like the, el- like the shoulder, the elbow, the, the wrist, the ankle, the knee. If, if there's an affliction of one-sided joint disease in a person who is free of arthritis, it is Lyme disease. I mean, the only other thing, it could be gonorrhea or something. Uh, so... But the fact is, we're, we're up against it. Because, first of all, as newbie will tell you and others, how in God's name did, did Lyme disease break out next to Plum Island? Mm. Only there. Exactly. It has, to be a tick, it has to be the tick program, the weaponization. It's a criminal regime that's never held accountable except by God for what it perpetrates upon the humankind. But now, if they can demonstrate the proof, which the USDA documents would if unsealed, then we could at least, like the opiate crisis, solicit the attorneys, who are ever ready and ever present, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) to attack them and get some compensation for the victims. Uh, I think that would be at least some modicum of justice. Well, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. We may get a hearing on this if this particular uh, congressman, whose name escapes me, uh, but people can look this up online, and he, he's the, the one New that Jersey congressman, by the way. Ah, there you go. Yes. And so that Jersey, all you have to do is walk out your door, and you get Lyme disease virtually. And so, so yeah, he. I mean, God bless him. He's got to have some serious concern for the human race. Chris Smith, I believe is his You name. got it, yes. Republican New Jersey, Congressman Chris Smith. There it is. Thank you. Yeah, to go after it. And and I encourage him. And I encourage him to do it for humankind. So there you have... You have a, political uh, 
uh, you know, attaboys. Well, I mean, do you think there's, now that the genie's out of the bottle, and I'm talking about these spirochete uh, bacteria, uh, 50, 60 years later, uh, is there any way of, of stopping it? I'm working on a project to produce a spray that you hook up to a hose uh, and getting it through the EPA that would destroy all the ticks in your backyard, all the nymphs that carry the disease. And that if we can prove it, perhaps we could solicit some of the state governments to spray on forests. Um, that's the only way. If we could cut, call 99.9% of the nymphs, it could get under control. And I think it could be done. Um, but, and I must do it before my life ends. I must find the way to get this done. I know what, to, I know what to do. Uh, I'm, but I thank God, uh, I've put it to the EPA and I'll challenge them here from the, from the radio, do the work. Don't call and say, we can't do it. Do it for the sake of the people who are suffering, uh, endless agony. Uh, Cass, how do we get a hold of a copy of the Lyme disease cure? There's a protocol, CassIngram.com. You can get the book. You can click and get the protocol. Ingram, I, you know, I don't sell a lot of spir- uh, supplements on the site, but I got the book there, and then you can click to find on AmericanWildFoods.com, uh, www.AmericanWildFoods.com. You can find my Lyme protocol. So it's the Lyme disease cure, and the cure is in the cupboard. They both deal with Lyme disease. I encourage you to, uh, in addition to books like Bitten, Find out what to do for you and your family. Attack the Lyme disease. Get well. I've got cases to prove it, including people whose lives have been saved outright, even people in their 20s and 30s who would have lost their lives, but they're still going, thanks to this approach. CassIngram.com. C-A-S-S. Cass Ingram. I-N-G-R-A-M. CassIngram.com. Okay, before I say goodnight one last time to the moon over Messenia, I'll be back to tell you a little bit about an upcoming episode of Conspiracy Unlimited. Have you checked out my Strange Planet shop yet? We just launched our brand new Nazca Lines merch. Mugs, t-shirts, tote bags, and stickers. I've partnered with a talented artist from Phoenix, and you have to see these cool designs for yourself. The Nazca Lines t-shirts are available for a limited time only. Right now, you can purchase the t-shirts at a special price of $18.50 US, but this deal won't last long. To start shopping, go to strangeplanet.ca and click on the Strange Planet Shop button. Get your Nazca Lines merch at strangeplanet.ca. It's a strange planet. Wear the shirt. Take the journey. Coming up next time, join me in conversation with Kathleen Marden the niece of Betty and Barney Hill, the most famous alien abductees in history, as she explains what to do if you suspect you've been abducted. Many people fear sleeping at night. 
They might also feel anger and resentment toward those non-humans that they think are taking them. They might have memories of having these figures in their room at night and they awake and feel wiped out or ill after having an encounter. They might have remembered finding themselves on a table in a craft with these non-humans around them. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. Kalinikta. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.